Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find. I'm a self-improvement junkie, certified professional coach, podcast host, and public speaker. And I'm a wife and mom of four teenagers. I'm an expert at helping people use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. How do I do this? By helping you realize your gifts and use them as your superpowers. I love challenging people to think differently, see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week I'll share my voice or bring forward another rare find voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with a major life transition like getting married, getting divorced, changing jobs, or having kids. This podcast is for you if you want to be more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, and get out of your own way. If you're ready to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening because you are a rare find. So let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rare Find Voices. I'm very excited. I have another special guest today. She is phenomenal. Her name is Jessica Bell, and she's a social entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Revessel. Revessel. I screwed things up. Um, Revessel is a conscious consumer goods company born to disrupt the processed packaged food industry and part of a shift towards the belief that conscious consumption can create a ripple effect of positive change. Revessel imagines a clean and healthy world and is all about equipping individuals with high performance, durable products to make safely storing and transporting real food easier while reducing the burden of toxicity to humans and our planet. For Jessica, change begins within. Jessica is devoted to changing the course of human and environmental health by using food as a force for good. Having recovered from autoimmune disease, she believes that it's far more convenient to recover health than be held captive to illness resulting from food, lifestyle, and environmental toxins. Jessica is crazy passionate about raising a healthy next generation. She's the mom of two dynamic nutrient-dense boys, is member of Conscious Capitalism, and a graduate from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo with a background in marketing, product development, and project management. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you, Robin, for having me. I'm excited to speak with you today. I'm so glad I got through all of that. Whew, that was like (laughs) so many great, great juicy words and stuff, but I'm sorry if I screwed things up, but that's just kind of, it happens. That's, that's that's part of the process, right? I know, I know. But I'm so excited to talk with you. First of all, thank you for being here. We we were connected through a common friend, which is so cool because that's just how I feel like I meet the best people is through a friend of a friend. And so um, I was so excited to learn more about your company because I know it is not just a product. It really is about a change and a movement towards you know, just something better. And so I really want to hear more about that. But can you just start by giving us a little bit more about really what your background is and where you got to this whole amazing idea and business? Yeah, that is a, it's a loaded question and it has so many layers to it. Um, I, I love sharing the story of 
um, just growing up as a super healthy child, I spent a lot of time in the outdoors, hiking and backpacking. And my life was filled with adventure. I was a high level athlete and only really knew health as a child. Um, going through college and then having children, um, I found that something had changed for me. Um, I didn't really change anything with the way that I was eating, but something was changing inside of me. Um, there was some sort of internal chaos going on. And, and what I can now, you know, looking back, hindsight is 2020, I can really trace a lot of the decisions and a lot of the food choices that I was making um, as a you know, as a teen, as a child, and into my college and, and you know, early 30s, um, as, as this level of burden that my body could no longer tolerate. So, you know, my dietary choices were very much what was being pushed in the media and pushed in marketing around commercialized food system, uh, monocropping, and, you know, cheap food being the, the way to go, cheap and fast. And so, when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, um, it really it really forced me to look at what decisions I had made and how I contributed to that and 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 look at what changes I needed to make and those changes I found were extremely difficult, given the life that I wanted to lead so um, you know taking food wherever I went, food was kind of the the, the, the prescription of choice for me rather than you know consuming prescription medication. I opted for creating conditions within my body so that my body could heal. And this was a, this was a process of self-discovery. This was a process of um, environmental discovery and really, you know, understanding what I was facing. I wasn't alone. I knew, you know, I, I started to learn how many others were facing this. And so my journey to creating Revessel was an empowerment journey. It was empowering for myself, you know, to, to, um, equip myself with tools that allowed me to choose what food I could eat and where I could go with it. Um, it released me from being confined to a kitchen so that I could do all the things in the kitchen, but then get out of the kitchen and go do all the fun things that I wanted to do or the, um, you know, the, the adventurous things that I wanted to do both uh, with my family and with friends and, and not have to compromise my health. And then, you know, as, as we look at health and we look at the environment, oftentimes they're, they're viewed separately. And for me, that discovery that they are intrinsically connected and there is no way that you can separate human health from environmental health. Um, so, so looking at how do we address both? Because in the quest for health and regaining that health, there's, there's a lot of detriment that we can, can impose on the environment with packaging and, you know, healthier, you know, packaged food, but also that packaging, what happens with that is we end up seeing a huge increase in the amount of packaging that ends up incinerated. And the fact is that less than 9% of the waste that's created ever gets recycled. So recycled, you know, recycled plastics, we think that if it has that symbol on it, it's going to be recycled. Well, that's just actually a marker of what type of plastic resin it is, as opposed to, you know, whether or not it can, can be recycled. So, you know, we've got a, a about a garbage truck of, of waste that is being, uh, the, the, the equivalent of a garbage truck's worth of waste that's flowing to the ocean every single minute. And that is, um, you know, that, that's kind of that idea that we can't compromise health and we can't marginalize health 
um, for the environment and the same goes for the environment. So that's kind of the journey to creating revessel and not only empowering myself, but empowering others to live their purpose without compromising health or the environment. Wow. Okay. So I'm loving all of this because I mean, obviously like you took a life experience, which was like you said, this discovery of there's something going on here. There's something that's just not right. And instead of which happens a lot, you know, people um, very commonly will kind of look at what it is to blame and maybe cause a little bit more frustration to deal with whatever the situation, but you turned it around as this opportunity. You turned it around as like, I want to learn more. I want to know more. Like, this is something that is a challenge for you to deal with, right? When it sounds like you, you know, when you discover really adversity can be our biggest teacher. Yeah. And so for you to tend, not only just kind of like want to solve it for yourself, but also share it with other people, knowing that it's not just you, you know, dealing with this, but it's a, there's a bigger problem here that you wanted to solve. And that's where, that's where innovation comes from. That's where small business ideas come from is one, like you said, going through adversity or conflict or challenge. And then two, realizing that there is a problem that you can help solve. Right. And I just, I I get goosebumps every time I think about it, but the, the thing that drives me and gives me the courage is the idea that I'm not making this change just for me personally, and I'm not creating these products for me personally, although I do, you know, get to take advantage of them. It's really about what my children are facing, both with chronic disease and with the environmental, environmental crisis, climate change, all of those things we're solving for um, at an individual level. So, you know, when when we see an uprising of, uh, you know, 200 people using a a revessel product, and we know that that equates to over 80,000 sandwich bags produced, we're no longer relying on petrochemicals that, you know, have to be extracted, processed, refined, all that good stuff to create a product that gets used once and then thrown away. And then, you know, looking at how those environmental toxins, looking at the food that's often packaged is contributing to illness and faster and faster. So my chain link broke at some point and it was over the course of, you know, perhaps 20 plus years that it took for autoimmune disease to finally show, you know, rear its ugly head and, and cause a collapse within me but it's happening faster and faster. We've now got, you know, one in two children that suffer, that will suffer from a chronic disease by the time they're 18. So much of it shows up in many different ways so that it's not so easy to track back to, oh, you know, it was the constant, um, you know, hyper-processed food, or it was the constant exposure to um, environmental toxins that are within the home or that they're, you know, exposed to out in, in the, in the world. So we've just, we've, we've got a lot to overcome. And to your point, the adversity is what creates that opportunity. It creates an opportunity for us to be bold, for us to be mindful, uh, for us to start having more of an opinion about what we believe in and what our values are. And so as a values driven person, uh, compromise is very difficult for me. (laughs) It's very difficult to find a middle path. It's kind of an all or, or, or all proposition, (laughs) you know? So that, that's really revessel and, and my personal beliefs 
are, are no different um, in terms of what we should be protecting and that's the next generation. So having a company that's, that's an extension of those values uh, really helps us to guide us in our interactions with customers, um, in our product development and the innovation. So it's, it's pretty exciting and we're still new at it. You know, we're still, we're still new and we're still stumbling and figuring out what crisis we're involved in <laughs> at any given moment. Yeah. Well, and, and I love what, I love what you're saying as far as kind of how, um, the values piece of it is really very synergistic when it comes to who you are and who you're, you know, the company that you've created. Um, and, and I think that that can be something that again can, can be very scary if um, an individual is starting something, right? A product, a business, a, a service offering that um, there's fear around, is it gonna be too polarizing? Is it going to stand for something that not, not everybody's going to want or like, or maybe judge? And what I really like to encourage is like, being okay with that and knowing that that can be the reason why people really come to you. Like it, if, if it's meant to be kind of like for anybody, then it might not be for everybody. Like it might not really go that far. And so I really love the fact that you not only had, like you said, courage to say, this is how we want to do this. This is how we want to, um, you know, connect the dots, dig deeper and bring something to life. And I also really, one of my favorite words is audacity and to not only have the courage, which is removing the fear and removing the barrier, but the audacity, which is going against a social norm. But when you do it in a positive way, it's meant to affect change. Right. And one of my favorite authors and leaders, his name is Steve Farber, um, good friend of mine as well, speaks to this and, and he calls it the oh shit moment the OSM, where you're doing something that is so scary, that is so like, I don't even know, what am I doing? The first thing that comes to mind is, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. What was that for you? Um, it was actually a time when I, 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 I was, I, I guess I took the opportunity to pause from something I was doing that was getting really, really hard. And I knew that in order to grow from it and grow through it, I had to pause and take a step back. So um, I was, you know, while I was preparing a lot of my own meals and taking my own food on the go, I had a bunch of people start coming to me saying, Hey, I see the way that your children eat. I see the way that you eat. And I, you know, I, I believe in it. Can you help me get my kids to eat that way? So I was asked that multiple times over the course of, of a couple of months. And finally, I recognized that I could actually influence somebody else's house. So now I have that, you know, the ripple effect, which is what Revessel RE stands for. You know, now I'm not just influencing my own household and my own children. Now my, you know, devoted work kind of swimming upstream, doing the difficult thing is now being noticed by others. And they're going, I want a little piece of that. So I could then take some of that food that was being sourced responsibly, that was being prepared, um, you know, in, in, a, in a really thoughtful way, and then was being delivered to their homes. And this isn't a new concept, but this was new for me. This wasn't something that I was like out to go and start a catering company or, you know, <laughs> much, much less, uh, you know, I was, I was still working on my, my own recovery. Um, 
so when I was able to put food on the table at somebody else's house, that would have, you know, the, the compromise for them would have probably been some sort of drive through or some sort of packaged food. Now I could put something sustainable in front of them. There was a point though, where I had, you know, 20 meals that I was preparing every single day, Monday through Thursday. And I was struggling because I was putting it in glass. I wasn't going to compromise by exposing the food to toxins with plastic and using a bunch of waste or using aluminum foil. And I, I, I just couldn't figure out what existed to make this process simpler. So it was that intersection of me trying to take my food out wherever I went that was clunky and you know heavy and not the most practical solution to also looking at how could I scale something within you know a community to make this more accessible. And it, so it was, it was those pain points of, it's the, it's the delivery system. So it's how does that delivery system literally carry my message and carry this, this value proposition. So for us, it's really about what goes in the food. Obviously, when you're talking about putting food in plastic, you're now talking about food that comes with plastic. So we want to eat less plastic. We want to contribute fewer toxins to, uh, you know, to our body that undermines our health. And so that pause for me of going, I can't keep going at this, you know, at this flat line. I need to figure out how to, to step back and, um, and, and reevaluate. So it was that moment in pause where this idea that it was, it's the delivery system. What do we need to do there? So that's, that, that was the birth and that was the oh shit moment. And, um, you know, from there it's, it's not been linear. It wasn't linear to get there. And it, it's, it's certainly not linear, uh, from here. How, how boring would it be if it was right? <laughs> Maybe Betty, easier, yeah. But, um, but like you said, the growth opportunity, the way that you were really able to kind of like get that aha, like it's the delivery system. That's, that's the ticket, right? That's the thing. And um, to be able to come up with that kind of idea in a pause, which there's a lot of science behind that. I, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, some, some great uh, talks and videos and things about the fact that when we allow our brains to stop trying to solve every problem, it's like uh, James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits, how it's like a, um, a traffic jam. You know, you, you basically have too much going on that you really, everything just kind of gets stuck. Um, and there's this concept around boredom that if you basically put yourself into a place to let your brain be bored and it opens up the freeways, it opens up the ideas when, you know, usually when we're not trying to come up with an idea, for me, it's like when I'm driving or I'm in the shower, trying to go to sleep, you know, but it's just, it's that relaxation that finally those ideas come to life. And so, you know, that pause kind of makes me think of that, especially in this current situation. I mean, we're, we're moving out of the, the pandemic. We're moving out of some of the, um, the things that have been going on for the last two and a half months at least. Um, but that pause has given a lot of birth to ideas or understandings, things that we can now look at differently that maybe we weren't looking at back, you know, a few months ago, because we were just so busy and so filled with stuff and, you know, busyness, I guess, and work that now we're paused and we can kind of be like, huh, that's really interesting. I see that differently. 
So I'm sure your business has been through some kind of challenge in the last few months. Do you want to share kind of what you've experienced since COVID and the pandemic and what that's done as far as your business? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I want to come back to mindset. And I love what you say about walking into the bathroom. You don't walk into a bathroom thinking about what business you're going to get done. So it kind of is that moment where your brain just knows okay, shut off from work. You're, you're entering a different space. So one of my tips is to always have a Sharpie, uh, not a Sharpie, um, a, you know, a whiteboard marker nearby. Oh, you're Sharpie, you're writing on your bathroom walls. Not a Sharpie, uh, using an Expo marker and just having something like that nearby. I've written, you know, novels on my mirror because that's the space where I'm like, it just flows. It just, it, you know, where, where that, um, that pause happens is, you know, it's, it's a magical moment. And those, that, that's where most of my um, aha moments and magic moments have, have come from is, is that space. Um, so this time I think has been, uh, I think there's been a lot of forced change and I think there's been a lot of, of opportunity. So coming back to mindset, um, I don't think that anybody is gonna get through this without having some sort of shift in mindset. And for me, that shift comes from gratitude of what can I, what can I look to in this moment to be grateful for? And, you know, as a new business, there are, you know, there are things that we've wanted to work on for so long that so long, meaning since we, you know, since we first started uh, delivering products in the market, which was November, October of, or in November of last year. So 2019. So we had, we haven't had products in the market all that long, but from the inception, there's always been things that we've wanted to improve. And this has been a, um, you know, a magnifying glass over each of those issues. And that's happening here within our own company, but that's happening systemically too. That's happening, you know, within our, our, around the globe. So I can't help but be grateful for that, for, for the voices that are, that are now coming out, for the things that are being illuminated around, you know, a, 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 for humanity, but also for the things within my business that are being magnified to really look at, you know what, was this a sustainable practice long-term? Is this going to allow us to be around long-term? We're having to pivot. We're having to make changes within our supply chain. We're having to um, make changes to be more resourceful internally because we have a smaller team now. Um, so I'm extremely grateful for that because it accelerated how quickly we, we look at those things and fix the root cause. So um, you know, I, I think that it's so interesting to me how, you know, when there's disease and people, there's something going on beyond that disease. And when there's stuff going on in the world, there's something going on that we need to continue to look upstream and figure out what is the true root cause. Um, so I'm leaning into those, those challenges and those changes, because I think that's ultimately going to get us to, to those aha moments that um, allow us to have have bigger impact and let's let's be completely honest nobody wants to be unhealthy nobody wants to not know how they can participate in positive change so that's that's what we aim to do is really equip people with a way to empower them with practical tools that anybody can use that are highly functional 
that can be used in so many environments, whether somebody's looking at their health and portion control and weight loss and, or, or they're looking at how do I mitigate and, and reduce some of the exposures that I have from environmental toxins or how do I still go out and live my life of, of adventure without all the plastic waste and without contributing to those issues. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to continue to uh, move in that direction to continue to equip people with the power of choice and and what to do because that's been my biggest struggle during this time too is wow how do I respond you know I, I I look at a bee and I'm like oh I'm sorry did I injure you or I have you know this love for for everybody so it, it was an eye opener for me to go oh my gosh I'm not doing enough for for those that I just you know assume that everybody else was respecting as much as I did. And so now, you know, I am showing people how can they, how can they, you know, respond to these health issues and these environmental crises. And now, you know, we're, we're all giving, everybody has a way that they can actually respond and, and act. And I, and so cool too, because what, you know, you shared as far as in case, you know, listeners didn't catch it, the RE in revessel is ripple effect. And I think that's so cool because basically what you're doing, what you were just talking about, how like you're giving somebody one thing, right? I mean, it's more than one, but I'm saying like you're giving them the opportunity to say, start with one thing, right? You don't have to solve every single problem that's out there right now because it's a lot. It's overwhelming. There were a lot of things that changed without necessarily are wanting it to change. And so being in that place of overwhelm can really put you in a place of stuck right? That's kind of just what happens. It's like the merry-go-round's going all of a sudden it stops and you're just like, what? What? You know? And they want to do one, just, I want to make a change. And so giving them the opportunity of just doing one thing, knowing it's going to lead to something else, knowing there's going to be a ripple effect of them, right? Consumers starting to understand what they can do next, right? By doing this one thing is going to lead to another thing, which could lead to another thing and give them more tools to continuously utilize and leverage and understand and look towards whatever it is that they want to affect that bigger change on, right? It's that 1% change at a time that's going to contribute to a much bigger shift when you do it regularly. Yeah. And I go back to the word audacity. Mm -hmm. Starts, yep. It starts with the audacity, the, the boldness to go, I'm going to step. I don't know the step after that, but I'm going to take that first step. Yeah. And, and right now too, again, there's a lot of unknowns. There still are a lot of unknowns. And so, you know, it's that choice. And what I you know, want to also bring forward is what you said about mindset, the belief that it's going to make a difference, Right. Because if you don't think that it's worth it, if you don't think it's enough, then and you're probably not going to do it. And so, you know, and I do a lot of work around mindset and you talked about gratitude and how, you know, the idea that you can be grateful for just one thing, you know, even if that's just like a, as much as you can muster that day is just to be grateful for one thing does put you in a place of a more, you know, we call it anabolic energy, a more positive energy that lifts you up, that allows you to keep growing, that allows you to keep um, connecting and um, sharing that outwardly. Whereas if the belief is this doesn't matter, 
this isn't going to do anything. You know, this problem is so big, it's hopeless, or I'm just really pissed off about it, which is okay. But it keeps you in a place, we call it like where the, it's like you're looking down a tunnel, right, with tunnel vision, and it's super dark, and you really can't see beyond those blinders versus a prism where you're able to look bigger and see more and amplify. Um, and so it really just comes down to that belief and the thought that you start with. And if you're able to, just one thing to be like, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And you know what? Maybe it's not what I thought was going to happen. Maybe it's not what I really wanted to happen, but wow, it's shining a light in that dark corner that I really didn't want to look and I'm seeing something different. Now it's up to me. I can choose to kind of just be pissed off about it or hopeless, or I can say, well, let's look at this and see what this can do as a possibility. That's all just possibility. Yeah, that curiosity. Um, I think that you hit on a lot of my definitions of entrepreneurship. <laughs> entrepreneurship being not your, your typical definition of you know, starting or running a company, but what is that next hard thing that you're going to have to do tomorrow? If you thought the thing that you're doing today is hard, uh, be curious about what that next thing is, is going to be tomorrow that's new and that's hard. And when you thought you figured something out, it's going to be new and different tomorrow. So um, I went through a practice for uh, starting a couple of years ago where I challenged myself to what is that new thing that you're going to do just because it's part of the challenge to lean in and rewire, rewire the brain. It was probably one of my top entrepreneurial tips that I would give is what are you going to do for the first time today? And that had a different outcome that I, it wasn't about, you know, what new skill can you have or what, you know, what, what can you, you know, add to the toolbox? What I inadvertently discovered is that I was developing my own courage and my own audacity and my own boldness to, you know, learn how to juggle or learn the piano or um, read a new book or develop a new recipe or cut something that I've never, you know, cut a vegetable that I've never cut. It could happen in any space. It didn't need to be in one space. It could be, you know, across the spectrum of doing, playing a sport with my children or reading a different book or, you know, again, it was all open to interpretation, but it was the number one thing that I did to prepare me for the seat that I sit in now, which is both janitor and, you know, CEO. So wearing all, all number of hats, but, um, it was such, it was such a welcomed outcome that when reflecting on it, it was, um, you know, so seemingly so disconnected to the role that I have right now, you know, learn how to juggle or just try it. It was, it was really not connected to the outcome. It was more connected to stepping into it and doing it for the first time. And, and creating a resiliency, right? Which is something that I love that you said, you know, kind of like this preparation for entrepreneurship, which I think in our brains, nobody ever really knows what it means until you start to do it and what it's going to take. And so I love the fact that you really did use that idea of curiosity because that is how you're going to continue to grow as an entrepreneur, but also as a person. And ultimately what you do is it's, it's connected to who you are but really when you work on who you are, it's going to ripple effect into everything that you're doing, not just the business you're running, but you know, how you parent, how you, you know, um, you know, connect in relationships, how you show up in life. 
And so, you know, what a, what an amazing discovery for you. And I, I, the idea of curiosity, it's actually something I really lean into a lot. Um, And I, and I refer to it as one of my gifts. And so, you know, for me, it's really about trying to understand, you know, like you said, skills and talents, those things are like, you can kind of gather them like breadcrumbs over the course of your life experience. And some of it, you kind of know, like you're growing up and like, I know I'm really good at whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was a dancer when I was little, but I wasn't really like super good at it. I couldn't consider it a talent. Um, But I started to understand that more about myself as I got older. But what was different as I started to step into, you know, my thirties and now my forties was understanding which of those things were gifts and a gift being meant to share right? When you have a talent or a skill and an understanding of something, and then you share it, you're able to impact other people, right? You're able to impact a change for somebody. And we don't always know how that will come to life, but if you don't share it, then you're never going to know. And so, you know, for me, it's things like curiosity. Um, I do have a, a kind of a, a, a skill for numbers, but I share that in a way that I can help people kind of put that scary stuff together. Um, I call myself a highlighter, because I'm able to kind of step back from things and look at them and be like, this is the stuff we should look at. This is the, you know, this is the key point here. Um, you know, kind of read through the, the storylines sometimes. So for, for you, what are some of the things that you feel like are gifts that you use as a superpower, not only in your business, but just in, in general, being Jessica? Um. Well, and that is the process that I've, I've had to go through to, to be on this journey to servant leadership and con- con- conscious capitalism um, is really an awareness of, of what makes me, what makes me me, what makes me unique, not trying to be everything, but really leaning into the strengths and realizing that, that my strengths also have a shadow side. Um, this was an exercise that I did in a, in a boot camp. Um, with some mentors recently uh, through Ad Astra and discovering that my connectivity, my ability to step back and see systems as opposed to see, seeing an independent structure or an independent organism, but seeing how that organism is affected by something that takes place, you know, three, um, you know, three, three, three things removed. Um, so, that connectivity is, is helping me to create a network and surround myself and insulate myself. But that connectivity can also have a shadow side. Um, I'm a lifelong learner, so I can get really, really excited about geeking out about something and go down a rabbit hole for a really long time. So I love learning. And that's actually what I did if, you know, when in my early thirties, when I was, starting to experience symptoms and really unable to live the life that I wanted to live, it became a process of deep, deep learning. So at one point, you know, I would be speaking with, you know, traditional doctors and they would be coming to me for some advice around food or nutrition or sourcing, or, you know, what is that, that product that you use that, and what does it do? And so, you know, that was really kind of where I got to see the the medical system starting to shift. And there's a lot of people that have been um, so 
big in that movement to, to look at how systems are so important, but just understanding my own individual system and how, you know, it's so related to how a tree grows. You know, if a tree doesn't grow in fertile soil, it's not going to produce fruit. And that was something that was, that, that hit home for me when I asked if I was able to get pregnant with my doctor. And he told me that, no, that I probably wouldn't be able to get pregnant. And I certainly wouldn't be able to carry a baby to full term. That was an eye opener for me. So when I saw that same connection in my fruit trees outside, it was like, oh my gosh, there's so much, so many, you know, intricacies and interrelationships that, uh, that I needed to understand. So the interconnectedness, the systems-based thinking really looks at how Revessel is not just another, you know, food storage product, but it's really a vehicle for a lot of change to take place. Um, and then activating. So while I'm making these connections, the challenge for me is I want to get going, you know, so I get started thinking about, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This connection, all these things are happening. And then I want to go and get started. <laughs> so how long do I spend in that, you know, pause and the connections and the, the deeper thinking about the systems and then actually go and do. So that's a, that's a little bit of a balancing act that I don't know that I've perfected, but you need to have both of those, you know, the thinking and, and all that good stuff, but the doing part is really, really important. Yeah, those are so great. And I can see how it benefits you as an entrepreneur. Um, and like you were sharing about um, the shadow side, and it really just comes down to like, I think that's probably the case on most anything, you know, where Absolutely. you can say, how do I use this to serve me? Or how do I use this in a way that isn't serving me? You know, and just understanding the difference. And that's a level of consciousness, right? I talk a lot about energy leadership and how that's really, you know, understanding the energy, the positive, negative, or the anabolic, catabolic, um, you know, shifts in that is a consciousness that um, not necessarily spiritual, but just a consciousness knowing that when you do something, how it has an impact on others or how it has an impact on you getting where you want to go. And, um, and without that understanding, leadership, anybody can be a leader. You know, leadership exists. It's just a matter of influencing people, but how you're influencing them, knowing that you're doing it and then being intentional about it. Um, and then the second piece that you talked about, that activating piece, um, is so awesome because there's so many people out there that want to do so many things, but the action is the scary part, you know, that is like spinning in the planning phase. You know, you can sit there and plan, plan, plan and have all these great ideas, but until you actually activate, take that first step, use the audacity, the courage and all of those pieces to move forward, knowing that it might not be, it might fail, you know, it might not be as great as you hoped it might fail. And gosh, what, did you learn from and that? If we have, yeah. And if we have that expectation that failure is part of it and the, the more times you fail, the more successful you're going to be, uh, then I think that that helps to dismantle some of the uh, re responses or reactions to fear and maybe, Hey, if I fear, if I fail, then that's a success right there because, you know, nine times failure, maybe that 10th one is the one, but I, I mean, that, that's, it, it couldn't be more true in what we're doing today. I mean, we had probably nine other ideas that, oh, that would be fun. Oh, that would be neat. Oh, that would really help. This one was one that was beyond and, and bigger than us. And that is what made it 
so compelling to risk everything. That's so awesome. I mean, like I, I get goosebumps when I hear you talk about that, because like you said, it, it had to be that, you know, scary big. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's so awesome. Um, okay. So you've got, you know, so your business has been, um, like you said, it launched in November of last year or you brought products. October we started shipping small volume of products. Yep. And then have sequentially done that. So we're still getting into our rhythms, uh, mm -hmm. with supplies and, and making sure we have the inventory. We were just, um, we were just selected by gear experts at outside magazine to be in their 2020 summer buyer's guide. So we saw a little bit of an increase that we were not necessarily expecting. And so ran out of inventory and we'll be uh, restocked here in the next week. So by June, you know, 22nd or so we should have product, um, uh, available on our website and, uh, we've got some really exciting projects coming up that don't just address the um, you know consumer or the you know the individual packing up meals or prepping at home and then taking food to go into the outdoors but also how can we when we eat out opt out of single-use packaging and plastic packaging um, so we're we're starting with a pilot and i think you and i talked about this um, just briefly when we when we first spoke or when we first were introduced uh, but we're super excited about launching at kind of the, the, the small front end of this pilot to allow some uh, philanthropy and goodwill to our frontline essential workers um, to activate some of the uh, economic, you know, the, the, the value that, that restaurants provide and, and to help fund some restaurants here that are so loved in our community. Um, so we've got six restaurant and, and catering partners that are going to be involved in a meal donation program. We're attempting to fundraise for 300 meals to be donated, but rather than donating them in that plastic packaging that we've been talking about, that's both toxic to humans and to the environment and only get used once, um, we're going to be gifting our flagship product, the Adventure Kit, which is a 13-piece system that these frontline workers can then continue to pack their meals in on a daily basis for their grueling shifts and um, gives those restaurants the opportunity to start testing what it's like to put food in food wear as opposed to disposable wear. So that's super exciting. We're going to have a GoFundMe page live um, where folks can donate and gift um, gift an adventure kit to somebody, and it's just it's so exciting. We're you know we're building it out. We just we're, we're hoping that it it absolutely takes off because in the in the second half of the year um, there's more you know programming like this that we're expecting to uh, to be involved with. That's so cool. I remember, yeah, I remember you sharing that with me. And just again, the idea that you're not only helping um, bring awareness to what this product can really do to help change people's lives and, and contribute to the lifestyle that they want to lead, um, especially if you're in a, um, a career like, you know, being, um, you know, in a healthcare and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there's that tie to their serving people from a healthcare perspective, but maybe not being able to take care of themselves as much. And that is a very common issue that I've heard, but um, to be able to have now this opportunity with this product, but then 
utilize the local businesses, the local restaurants as the, you know, additional partner. Um, I just, I think that's so cool. And I love how it, again, it, it's beyond just collaboration. It's beyond this idea that, you know, again, you're, you're coming up with something that's going to help a group of people, a target. I call that, you know, you, you go from a impact to meta impact, right? So it's not just in your container and I use container as the, you know, your group, your team, your people and your community, but meta impact beyond that up to the other restaurants, to the healthcare workers, to other, you know, industries that maybe could see this as so beneficial. It, it opens the container. It goes beyond that. So these I, are all stakeholders and it was important for us to be able to, to respond in an intentional way that serves our mission uh, where we could actually contribute. So uh, for every uh, $250 that's donated, Revessel is also going to be donating $125 to the cause. So, um, you know, to help us get to those 300 kits as soon as possible. That's amazing. Um, I want to make sure that we direct people appropriately once, you know, we, we kind of share where people can find you, but to make sure that people know where they can see this and also connect with you because it sounds like the more people that know about it and maybe know other restaurants is that something you're also looking for of other partners or, or stakeholders to be a part of this movement yeah good question so we have our we have our six partners uh from san diego to uh to oceanside that are uh, that are collaborating here. We have uh, Frontline Foods, which is a nonprofit organization that we're also working with to connect up with those uh, you know providers in need. So you know, there's a lot of folks that are spending many hours uh, working at mental health facilities and shelters and you know places that that aren't always uh, in you know in the forefront of our minds, but we're we're using. Um, their connect their connections to help us really identify who those players are that you know are maybe underserved and overlooked in in the in the meal donation space so for the future we will be looking for you know more partners more folks that that believe in this movement that you know we shouldn't be compromising health or the environment just to eat food and um, so there's, there, there's a lot of input that we're still looking to, to, to get from, from those partners. And uh, so the more folks that know about it, the more folks that know that it's an option that we're setting out to make this possible, um, I think that, the, that, that it only serves you know, the greater good. Ripple effect, right? Right. <laughs> Um, okay, so you touched on a couple of things. Um, and again, I know that there are people listening right now that, you know, maybe they are thinking about starting a business or they have an idea or they've just not been happy in the direction that they're going. And so they want to create a change. And so it can be really, really scary to do that. So, you know, you, you talked a couple of things about kind of like, you know, uh, a tip for entrepreneurship, but any words of wisdom or advice that you would give to somebody that is in that place of like idea opportunity, but fear is, you know, kind of there too. Like what are some things that you would share to motivate them and maybe push them along the, the, the path towards entrepreneurship? Wow. Uh, that one goes back to, to my gift of connections and connectivity is 
resource up, you know, get, get involved with, with organizations that can help to amplify. There are so many out there. And when you feel scarce, remember that there is an abundance of people out there and organizations out there that aim to uplift startups and entrepreneurs. And um, I think the more that that curiosity comes to the forefront, the more that it's going, one thing is going to lead to another. So, you know, definitely co collect resources. Um, I keep a little, um, just a little jar of, um, you know, paper over here that I just write down the names of people that have helped me along the way. And I put it in that jar and periodically I just pull one out and I'll use it to either write an email or do something that sponsors them and advance helps to advance, you know, if that's something that I can do, or I have, you know, the, the mindset to, to connect them with somebody else, um, or write them a, a handwritten note, but that kind of puts me back in a state of gratitude that, you know, look at this growing jar of, you know, sticky notes and, and people that have, that have been there to support and amplify and insulate and help me connect further. What a cool idea. Well, that's so cool because it, again, it's not, it's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of effort, but it definitely keeps that as a top of mind um, piece that you can go back to. I love that. I'm, I'm totally stealing that. I'm looking around already for a jar that I can use. Where's a jar? <laughs> <laughs> you can literally just start with a pile. <laughs> I've got a glass of water here. I make sure I don't put it in there. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, so much of our, you know, you, our, our linguistics are around, oh, such a pile of, you know, crap or whatever. This is a pile of goodness you know, like a, changing the, the, the framing it up differently that look at the pile of love that's growing on my desk right now. I love, I love that. I love, um, reframing. And I think that, uh, as a, you know, budding entrepreneur myself, the, um, the, um, the important part is to remember that this is not a sprint. There's, there are sprints within, but this is an, this is a marathon. So it's important to pace. It's important to, to, to listen to your body and know that, you know, if you've pulled a couple long late nights, that it may be time for a reset, for a recalibration. That's actually what's happening for me today. Um, you know, both dietary wise with, with rest, with care, personal care, uh, with taking care of some personal items. Uh, doesn't mean that I, I don't work a full day, but we're getting ready to, um, to change the office setup. We're going to be hopping into our mobile uh, office, which is our RV, and work for a period of time connecting with those that we've been able to, uh, to talk on the phone with or Zoom, but actually connect with them in person, social distancing at a coffee shop or wherever we can go at a park. Um, but changing the scenery and realizing that, especially now, that the office doesn't always look like your traditional, you know, four walls and cubes and all that good stuff. But there's a lot of inspiration that comes from being out in nature, especially what we're doing. Adventure inspires what we do. And then that product then can elevate and amplify the experience out in the, the, the natural world. You're using some of my favorite words, elevate, amplify, <laughs> share. Is it, jar is it jargon? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, um, they're yeah. powerful and um, meaningful. And I love words. I like regularly will redefine a word or look up a definition to understand like, what does that really mean? And then 
how do I view it? Or what's the lens that I put on it? And how can you reframe it? It's like every single day, but it's something I just love to do because it does to me kind of help me understand it better and know if I can use it, you know, powerfully for myself or my clients or so forth. So I love that you said that. I also really appreciate that you, you know, brought forward that idea that even now, I think that there's been a lot of, um, I've heard a lot of chatter from people saying, I've, I've, I've gotten a break because I've had to stay home or I've had to leave the office or things have been, you know, for the last two and a half months or so, you know, kind of like working less and they're putting this pressure on themselves to be like, got to get back, got to do this, you know, and go crazy. But really, there has been a lot of drain and strain on people in general. And maybe it doesn't look like what you thought that would be, right? It's like, I'm used to working out really crazy and now I've taken a break. Well, when you're coming back to, you know, the new normal, I don't even like the word new normal. I like to say it's a new optimal mm -hmm. that it's like going back to, you know, fitness. If you've been off for a little while, you're probably going to be a little slower or, you know, it's going to, you're going to be sore a little bit longer. So it's like being good to yourself and knowing that without the shame of like, oh, I can't believe I can't sustain this workout or I can't sustain this work day the same way. That's okay. And then knowing when you need to recharge, or I like to say, give yourself space and grace. And that can alone just like propel you to that next level for tomorrow or the next week and so forth. So I think that's awesome that you recognize that and bravo. And then, and then getting in the RV and going on the road and like doing things outside. That sounds so awesome. Do you want any extra like passengers? Cause I totally like, we'll stalk you and find your RV and hop on board. Is that weird? Go away. <laughs> Jump on. There's space. That would be awesome. <laughs> My gosh, Jessica, you have so many nuggets. I swear, like everything that you've shared, it's so insightful. It's so thoughtful. It's so inspiring um, beyond just what you've created, but the way that you created it. Um, I'm just so happy to have met you and appreciative of you sharing this for our listeners that, again, might be just thinking, I don't really know what's next, but there's, there's ideas and opportunities out there. And now it's just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to actually, you know, take that to the next step? So um, you share with me a quote and I love sharing um, quotes and things that people are motivated by or inspired by. So I want to read yours really quickly. Um, you said it came from the Becoming Superhuman podcast. And the quote is, if you're making a change in the world, the universe will continue to rem remind you that you're not ready. You cannot scale without daily behavioral change. The most important thing is to be ready to let go of everything you are to become everything you could be. Why, what, why does that mean something to you? Tell me more about that. Do not get the biggest like <laughs> rush of goosebumps when you hear that. So good. The, the, the reminders, they, they can show up. And perhaps we're, we're getting those reminders now that, wow, I, I step into that daily of like, there's so much that I don't know. Um, it's, it's the reality. It, it is, is that, you know, when you're growing, you're going to be shedding a lot of old, you're going to be unlearning a lot of old, um, antiquated learned behaviors and thoughts, and you're going to have to reframe because it's an evolving process. Um, there's, you know, there, there's so much. I love the, I love the, the, the thought of thinking of a reptile. We have two bearded dragons and every time they grow, 
they shed some of that old scaly skin and it's the same if we could, you know, if we could maybe visualize that it's like, okay, be willing to get rid of those dependencies, those old thoughts, those old narratives, those old, um, you know, limiting beliefs and get ready to start thinking anew and start thinking about the language that you use and thinking about how you treat other people and, um, you know, how, how you show up in the world. You're so speaking my language right now. Like <laughs> I knew there was a reason that we were meant to meet. So <laughs> I love it. I received that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, seriously. And the visual, like I wrote this down when you grow, you shed. Um, and I always think about growth from a, you know, fitness perspective of like the muscles kind of tearing apart. And then when you, you know, feed them, they grow, right. And they come back stronger. And so, um, but this is again, another way to really think about it. It's not just about the building of the muscle, right. It's about the shedding of the stuff that no longer serves you. So I appreciate that so much. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm so filled up right now. I'm so happy that we had this conversation, the start of many, I feel like. Um, but I would love for people to be able to connect with you, learn from you, um, understand what you're doing and experience, you know, your business and your product. So how can people find you? Our website's the best. It just revessel.com. Um, lots of info there. And uh, we are on social media at revessel USA. Um, so interact with us, engage, ask questions, let us know that, that you listen to this podcast. That would be super exciting. Awesome. I will make sure I put that into the notes that I can guide people into finding you. Um, and if there's questions or, you know, people don't really know, they can always reach out to me. So, um, I would love to connect them with what you're doing. And again, just thank my audience and and people for listening. And if you know somebody that maybe could really benefit from this, please share it, please subscribe. And thank you, Jessica, again, for being on my show. I truly enjoyed every moment of it. Thanks, Robin. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. And with love and laughter, everybody have a fabulous day. Thanks so much.